0: Number 16, I'm going to begin our reading with verse number 7. I felt like I was about down to one gear this morning, and I think I, I pretty much stripped that gear. <laughs> not hitting on much tonight, and uh, I'm not going to keep you very long, but do just want to share with you uh, what the Lord has laid on our heart for this service. John 16, verse number 7. Jesus was speaking. He said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he's come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, sinned because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the Prince of the world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself but whatsoever He shall hear that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. He shall glorify me For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. I just want to preach with the Lord. uh, Help me for just a few minutes on the comforter. We preached this morning on God's answer for anxiety. And I feel like there was a lot of help that was received around the altar i would work it in hearts and lives and i am so thankful and grateful for the way that he moved this morning and um, just kind of the antithesis of anxiety is comfort and we know that uh, for us to receive comfort it comes from the comforter which is the holy ghost and that's what i want to preach on tonight if the, the lord help us father we love you tonight we pray that you'd add your blessings to the reading of the word. God, I, if I've ever needed you in your anointing, I need it now, oh God. I'm asking that you'd help us, that you would anoint us, oh God, with your power to deliver that that you've laid upon our hearts. God, that uh, we could experience the comforter, that he would be more than a message, he'd be, be more than a sermon, that he would be a reality in each and every one of our lives. God, that we could experience the goodness of, Of the Holy Ghost. And we can feel the comfort. That he and he alone can provide. Father we're going to be careful. To give you the honor. The glory and the praise. For all that you're going to do. In Jesus name we pray. And the church says amen amen. And amen. I'm not a big proponent. Of a lot of different translations. That are out there. Because the more translations you get into nowadays, it seems that it seems to be going more and more in a a different direction. But there's one uh, particular translation that when you read this verse, it doesn't call the Holy Ghost a comforter, but it calls him a counselor. And, you know, if we look at the Holy Ghost in his context and what he come to do and what he and he alone can do. There are many counselors that you can find in the world. There are many psychiatrists benches that are uh, couches that are full of people that are seeking a a licensed counselor to, to try to help them cope. But the Holy Ghost is not a counselor. He is a comforter. There is a big difference between counseling and comforting. There's a big difference between receiving counsel and receiving comfort. There are many counselors, but there is truly only one comforter that can take a a life that Brother Bobby was testifying about that's broken in a million pieces and mend it back together again better than ever before and truly bring comfort to a troubled heart. Bring comfort to a troubling life. There are people that may be able to speak good words, and, and they may be able to speak words that comfort, but it can never replace what the comforter come to do in the hearts and in the lives of individuals. If you were to look up that word comforter, we know in in the Greek, it is the Greek word paraclete, which means one who is called to one side, one who uh, pleads another's cause, one that gets in the yoke, and helps your shoulder and bear the load. That is what our comforter does. I mean he didn't just come to make us shout. He didn't come to make us run. He didn't come to just make us emotional. But he come to carry us through troubling times when we can't even carry ourselves. He's come to get in the yoke with us and help us. To pull us through. To, to help us bear our burdens. And to bear our loads. And to... Bear our infirmities, and the Spirit of God has an eternal purpose. Many people view the the Holy Ghost of God as just uh, an animate object, as a a, a just a, a one of many spirits. Some might uh, relate to him blasphemously as you know a, a friendly ghost, such as Casper. I can tell you, folks, he's none of those things. Right. He's not an it. He's not an uh, uh, inanimate object. The Holy Ghost is the third person of the triune Godhead. He's not a manifestation. He's not uh, just uh, an importation. He is God. Amen. He is the third person of the triune Godhead. It's a big, uh, it's of uh, utmost importance that we understand that and, and grasp a hold of that. There are many people out there that believe in different manifestations of God, that in the Old Testament He was the Father. In the the New Testament, He revealed Himself as Son, and after Christ ascended, He revealed Himself as the Holy Ghost, and that uh, that, that all of that is wrapped up that it's Jesus, that Jesus is the Father, Jesus is the Son, Jesus is the Holy Ghost. That's not biblically correct, uh, That is not correct doctrine. That's not what we believe. We believe in three distinct persons, namely God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And these three are one, triune in their nature, triune in their being, meaning that the Father is never going to act independently of the Son. The Son is never going to act independently of the Father. The Holy Ghost is never going to act independently. They're never going to have a cross word. They're never going to think different thoughts. Amen. But their, their, their nature is the same. Amen. It is working together. Amen. In perfect trinity. In perfect Triunity, In perfect harmony. Amen. God the Father. Through God the Son. Amen. Revealing uh, God the Holy Ghost. Revealing God the Son through a vehicle called uh, the church. uh, As we look at the, the Holy Ghost. A lot of people uh, don't give him his proper due in that, uh, uh, don't focus on his acts and his work enough. Many say uh, that the acts of the Holy Ghost uh, ended with the apostles uh, in the book of Acts. We know from experience uh, that is not true. That is not the case. We are not sensationalists that believes that the working of the Spirit of God ended, amen, with the apostles, but he is alive today. He's still working and moving in the church, and he desires to work in the hearts and in the lives of every individual that would just give him room, that would just give him availability, if they would just try him, if they would just give him a chance, they could taste and see that he is good. They could experience for themselves that his power, is still relevant today that he is still very much alive, that he is still very much God, that what he did in Acts, he can do today, what he did through the Apostle Paul, he can do through you and I today amen, he too is no respect of a person Amen If we would just make room for him He has an eternal purpose That he desires to work today presently In this present world John chapter number 16 lays out What that purpose is Amen He said It's expedient For you that I go away For the comfort of when I come unto you But when he has come He will reprove the world of sin And of righteousness and of judgment. That word reprove. Means commonly to demonstrate by argument. To prove to persuade anyone. To do a thing by presenting reasons. The Holy Ghost will interject reason. Into an insane world. He will interject reason. It hence means also to convince of anything. And particularly to convince of a crime. This, it is the meaning here, he will convince or convict the world of sin. That is, he will so apply the truth of God to men's minds as to convince them by fair and sufficient arguments that they are sinners and cause them to feel conviction. This is the nature of conviction. Before a man can ever be saved, his eyes must be open to the fact that he is lost. Before a man can ever taste the heavenly gift of salvation, it is first the working of the Spirit of God to open that man's eyes to make him realize he is a man in need of a Savior, that he is lost and hell bound. Amen. If there was no working of the Spirit of God in salvation, then there would be no salvation. It starts with the Spirit convicting that man. Convincing him of his ways that he is indeed lost. And that is the first working of the Spirit. That is why we must have. The Comforter. We must have the Holy Ghost of God today still moving in us and in our church. And I mean, why is He going to convict people of? The first thing the Bible lays out, He's going to convict them of sin. He's going to open up their eyes to make them realize that they are indeed a sinner. You can't ever, amen, a man would ever find Christ until he's first convinced of the fact that he is lost, that he is a man of sin, that he is a man destined for hell and he must be born again. Amen. It opens up the eyes of the one who was in violation of God's law. That is, amen, the law of rejecting Christ Jesus, the Holy Ghost, as he works. And he reproves, he still reproves the world of sin. Amen. I remember when I was lost and undone and on my way to hell There were many times that the Holy Ghost convicted me. The way I was living, how I was living, how I was conducting my life. And I just brushed it aside and took it lightly and really counted it for nothing. And man, as soon as I could get out of the pew and get out the back doors, that's what I was doing because I didn't like conviction. But can I tell you, you fast forward 18 years. And you realize that conviction is the most blessed thing that a man or a woman can receive. Amen. Because conviction will let that man know that God is not through with them. It will let them know God is not pleased with that sin. Amen. But the Holy Ghost, when He shines the light on sin and the, the depths of depravity of the human soul, amen. He will also illuminate the way to Christ. Amen. And make the path clear. That yes, you're hellbound. bound. Yes, you were sinner. Yes, I'm convicting you of that sin. Amen. But there is a way. Amen. A way out. And that way out is this man called Christ. Thank God for the comforter. Thank God for the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I thank God that 18 years later. Amen. saved and on my way to heaven. That the Holy Ghost still loves me me enough even now to convict me, amen, of things in my life that's not pleasing to Christ it's not something we should rebuke or we should rebuff. Rebu- but it's something all oh, that we should thank God for if He loves us enough to put His finger on something in our life that lets us know that He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be it takes the Holy Ghost for that to take place Holy Ghost is the agent of conviction. He is the agent and He will reprove the world of righteousness. The word righteousness here uh, spoken of does in the sense of the word design the personal righteousness of Christ. You see because at the time Jesus was speaking these words, the Jews had rejected Him. The Jews were devising ways that they could kill him and crucify him. The Jews were calling him um, uh, by the name of Beelzebub. Saying he was guilty of blasphemy and sedition. Maintained a familiarity with, with Satan that he said he went as far as to say that Jesus had a devil in him. That was the climate. That was the, the landscape when Jesus was speaking these words. But He said when the Holy Ghost has come, He is going to convince the world of righteousness. He is going to show the world, it's going to be an open display, that I am who I said that I am. That I was the Messiah. Amen. As a matter of fact, the first act of the Holy Ghost, when He baptized the church in power, He led Peter to get up and preach. And what was the message that Peter preached? He preached Jesus. Amen. He preached Christ. Amen. He proved. Amen. To the conviction of the Jews. That everything that they said and did was slander. That Christ was innocent. Holy. And righteous. And a man approved of God among them. As they themselves could be conscious of. Amen. All of which. His going to the Father and being received of Him. Were a proof And demonstration of His power. Amen. He was illuminating Christ. And saying that He indeed is. Is the Savior, that He is indeed the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Amen. And I can tell you folks, He's still reproving the world of sin. And He's still reproving the world in righteousness. Preaching the message that Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. Hallelujah. Thank God He's still the, the Comforter. He's still reproving in righteousness. Many are falsely tonight in biblical error because they are emphasizing gifts more than the gift giver. And I can tell you folks, that is not the work of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost come to shine the spotlight on Christ. And if there's any doctrine that gets off kilter and takes the focus off of Christ, number one, it's not a doctrine birthed by the Holy Ghost. And number two, you can chalk it up as a doctrine of devils. Because anything that takes Amen. The, the, the holiness of God. Uh, amen. Takes the, the holiness of Christ and diminishes that uh, and puts the emphasis on gift. Uh, amen. On, on some gift. On, on healing. On faith. On tongues. Uh, if we ever, uh, amen, get the emphasis, uh, amen, on, on, on the wrong thing, then the whole thing uh, is going to fall. Uh, amen. You hear me. Uh, you take a wagon wheel, for instance. Uh, amen. Uh, a wagon wheel has many different spokes. Uh, But a spoke can't bear the load of the whole wagon. Those spokes have a purpose. They're there to support. But they are not there to bear the weight of the whole machine. And I can tell you it's the same exact way when it comes to Christ. Amen. Healing has its place. Faith has its place. Tongues has its place. Knowledge, wisdom, all of those things are spokes. Amen. But if we take the emphasis off the hub, which is Christ, that wagon's going to be in a ditch somewhere. Amen. I believe in the gifts that are still in operation today. I and no way uh, a cessationalist I don't even have to try to defend uh, that statement you know me uh, you know my life uh, but if we ever get to the point uh, where we put our emphasis on gifts uh, and not the gift giver then we're headed uh, in error and there's many today in biblical error and doctrinal error because uh, amen they're putting the emphasis on the wrong thing Uh, our emphasis always uh, and always will be Christ uh, and Him crucified Jesus at the center of it all and if we ever get to the point where that's not our emphasis then the Holy Ghost Amen, must shine the light on this and reprove us in righteousness It's the working of the Spirit of God He come to do more than just to make us shout and I love to shout He come to do more than to make us speak in tongues how I believe in speaking in tongues. But if that's all the Holy Ghost is to us, to me, then we are limited in the work of the third person of the triune Godhead. The work of the Comforter goes much deeper than that. Come to reprove the world of sin, conviction. Come to reprove the world of righteousness to prove that Jesus was and is indeed the Son of God. Come to reprove the world in judgment. That means that God is just and will execute judgment as He will. Amen. He is going to rid this world of sin and ungodliness. Amen. We believe. Amen. The thousand year millennial reign is going to be just. Amen. It's going to be true. It's going to be holy. Amen. Because while we're going to rule and we're going to reign with Christ, there's going to be no Democrats in power. Thank God. Amen. There's going to be no socialism and communism that we have to deal with. Amen. It's going to be Jesus. Amen. It's going to be holiness 24-7. Amen. Every second of the day. Amen. It's going to be holy unto the Lord. We know that after the thousand years, the devil is going to be loosed for a short season. He's going to go about and he's going to tempt the the nations. Amen. But that season is going to be short. Ultimately, he's going to be thrown into the lake of fire forever. And there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And then throughout all of eternity, it's going to be Jesus, 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 oh it's going to be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus and the Holy Ghost amen, is going to be there to reprove the world in judgment that the judgment of God is just and it's holy, amen and we have that to look forward to Amen. in that reign and in the new heaven and the new earth everything will be right, everything will be holy and everything will be just Hallelujah. The working of our comforter has not only come to approve but the Bible says that he has come to guide us into all truth. To all truth. Now, when these words were spoken, Jesus was talking in the world's eyes to a ragtag group of twelve men. Most of them were ignorant and unlearned. Most of them were not the most educated, didn't come from the best of families and backgrounds. But yet these were the twelve that Jesus had invested in to be the to, to, to be the, the leaders of the New Testament church to advance the kingdom of God. Peter was a fisherman. Do you think he knew how to build a church? Probably not. Do you think that James or or John knew how to build a church? I would say that the answer was probably not. Their most their their lives were just like preachers today—just men, ordinary men, with an extraordinary calling on their life. Jesus had given them the mandate. You're going to expand the kingdom. How are they going to do that? He said, I'm going to send you another comforter. It's expedient. It's better for me that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter cannot come. But if I go away, I will pray the Father and he will send another comforter. And that comforter, when he comes, Jesus said, he's going to lead you and guide you into truth. He's going to show you how to build a church. He's going to show you how to preach a sermon. He's going to show you and demonstrate to you how to sing a song. You say, I don't know how to do that. None of us do. Amen. But when the Holy Ghost gets into the equation, Amen. He can take ordinary, average men. Amen. infuse them with His Spirit and His power. And out of them can come extraordinary things, amen, that only God can bring. At the end of the day, it's not the working of man that produces the glory. It's the working of the Holy Ghost on the inside of man. Leading that man into truth and not an error. And that's what the Holy Ghost comes. He's come as a guide. He goes before. He leads the way. He removes obstructions. He opens the understanding. He makes things plain and clear. Teaches to prophet uh, and leads in the way that men should go without turning to the right hand uh, nor to the left. Uh, oh, hallelujah. It's hard to get two men to agree uh, on anything in this day and age. Uh, everybody's come so opinionated uh, and have my thoughts and this is what I think. Uh, amen. If two men tried to walk together it would be difficult under a lot of circumstances. Uh, but you take those two men. Uh, if they're surrendered to the Holy Ghost, uh, their opinions are not going to matter. Uh, and get a hand of the goal of God Almighty. But they're going to agree and the Holy Ghost is going to bind them together in unity and what they could not accomplish individually by themselves all oh, corporately for the kingdom of God. They can be firebrands. Amen. Expanding the kingdom of God. It takes the Holy Ghost. It takes the Spirit of God leading us and guiding us into all truth. If not, we'll be in a ditch off in some air somewhere and chasing after some false doctrine but if we love truth and after we we seek after truth he will not lead us into error he will not lead us wrong but he will lead us to Jesus a thousand out of a thousand times because Jesus Christ is truth where's the church going Holy Ghost is leading us every day Right to the feet of Jesus. Your Holy Ghost is leading you any other way. He's leading you out in left field somewhere. You need to evaluate what ghost is leading you. What spirit is leading you. Because the Holy Ghost is going to lead you to truth. Truth is not an inanimate idea. Truth is a person. And Jesus said, I and the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Hallelujah! The working of the Comforter has come to reprove the world. He's come to guide us in the truth. Jesus said, "He will speak as he hears." The Holy Ghost has a mouth. The Holy Ghost can talk because right. Jesus said, "He said as he hears." what He hears from the Father and what He hears from me, He will speak unto the church. Nothing independent. The Holy Ghost does not come to build a kingdom for Himself. But He's come to expound and to advance the kingdom of God. As He hears the Father, as He hears the Son, Amen. He will speak to us and lead us And guiding us into truth. He's going to show us the things to come. He's going to show us the way that we should take. Lastly, it says of the Comforter, that he will glorify Christ. I've said it many times before, if the Spirit leading your life don't glorify Christ, then you've got to ask yourself, what Spirit am I being led by? Because the Holy Ghost is always going to glorify Jesus Christ. He's always going to glorify the Lamb of God. And everything that the Spirit does will always point back to Christ. I was on a plane recently with someone that was very prominent in the Word of Faith movement. She began telling me about some revelation that she received. And as I was listening to it, I got as confused and lost, amen, as a termite in a yo-yo. I really couldn't connect the dots with everything that she was saying, but she said the Holy Ghost gave her a revelation that E equals MC squared is not about relativity, but it's really about faith. You can ask where she was going with it and I can't rightly tell you because she lost me right there. I was trying to wrap my head around what formula is it that produces faith? Formulas, if and then. It's it's formulating uh, different theories together to bring about a formula to bring about an expected goal. My Bible says that faith comes by hearing right. and hearing by the word of God i didn't need albert einstein to come up with a theory of relativity and e equals mc squared for me to realize uh, that that is a theory of faith somewhere along the lines i'm not saying that this woman in her zeal uh, was not honestly seeking uh, amen God uh, but I can tell you somewhere along the lines uh, amen the flesh or something got involved there that led her off course uh, amen because the Holy Ghost uh, is not going to give some new theory uh, he's not going to give some formula or some equation that contradicts uh, the word of God Uh, faith uh, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God Uh, faith is now the substance of things hoped for uh, the evidence of things unseen Uh, God has given unto every man the measure of faith that he might believe I don't see E equals M C square anywhere in that formula it's God given it's birthed in our hearts oh hallelujah and God has given us the measure of faith that in every circumstance we go through we're either going to believe him or we're not We're either going to lay hold on to him uh, and go his way, uh, or we're going to try to buck him and go our way. Oh, my God. uh, Everything that the Spirit does uh, will point back to Christ. uh, Amen. If we ever uh, get off and left-field somewhere, it's not the Holy Ghost uh, that's led us there. uh, But if we'll come back in sincerity, uh, if we'll come back in truth uh, and repentance, uh, we'll find the loving Holy Ghost uh, that'll shield us back in, uh, get us back on the right track. uh, and lead us to Jesus, which is where He was trying to get us to start with. Glorify Christ, the Comforter. That's His eternal purpose. And that's what He's come to do inside the life of the believer. Listen, we can take comfort in knowing who our Comforter is, what our comforter is doing. Jesus said again in John 14, I "I'll pray the Father, He'll give unto you another comforter. And he might abide with you forever. He said in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Thank God. I'm not comfortless tonight. Amen. Thank God. Amen. I'm not searching tonight. I found What I need because I found who I need. He's able to supply all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There's some things that we can take comfort in and knowing about our comforter. Number one, we should take comfort because He is with us. Ever since the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was breathed back down on the church, Holy Ghost has been moving and operating in this present world. We can take joy in knowing that He is with us. He's walking this journey with us. We're not abandoned. We're not forsaken. But with the Holy Ghost moving in our midst, it is just as if Jesus was here in shoe leather Amen. Because all power that Christ had Was in the Holy Ghost. And all the power that the Holy Ghost had. Was embodied in Christ Jesus. The same spirit. That raised Christ from the dead. He dwells in us. Uh, We can take joy and find comfort. In knowing uh, that he's not some uh, uh, spirit. That's uh, wrapped up into the third heavens. Or uh, uh, on the other side of the solar system. That we can never reach. But right now. uh, He is with us. Uh, Amen. Right now today. He is in Foley, uh, Alabama. He is at Bible Way Assembly of God. Uh, Tomorrow morning on the job site. The Holy Ghost uh, is with you. Uh, The Holy Ghost is there. When you go to Walmart, amen, when you go to McDonald's, amen, the Holy Ghost don't check himself at the door, but wherever you go, He is there. You can take comfort in that and knowing that He's not just with us, but He dwells in us. Oh, thank God for that. He's not only God with us, but He's God in us. Amen. The Word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He dwells a not with temples made with hands. But He dwells in the fleshly abode of this heart. Hallelujah. He dwells in us. He lives in us. Amen. Thank God for that promise. Amen. You can try to pass every law that you want to. To ban Christianity. To ban the working of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But you can't ban Him. Because He lives in me. Hallelujah. He's alive. Alive forevermore. And all power is in His hands. He's with us. He's in us. He has. Our comforter has all power. In creation it was the Spirit of God that moved and made everything that was. God said in the beginning, God said, let there be light. We see the Father. When He said, we see the Logos, the, the, the spoken Word of God, which is Christ. And after that, we see God said, God decreed, then the Spirit moved. And everything that was was made by the very Spirit of God. If he has all power to form everything that he is out of nothing, then you can take comfort in your comforter knowing that he has all power. In every situation in life that you face. Amen. That when you face the anxiety. And you face the situations in life. That you seem to can't control. Not be able to control. You might not control it honey. But he can. Hallelujah. He can. Amen. He is the power of God. He rose Christ from the grave. And that same spirit. Dwells in us. If he can do all of this. But tonight take comfort because he has enough power to deal with what you're going through right now. Yeah. The comforting things about our comforter he not only has all power but he's omniscient, meaning that he's all-knowing. Yeah. You know there's some things in life I'm not too proud to admit that I don't have the answer for everything. You come to me and give me a mathematical equation that's yay long. Harper, this morning, came to me and said, Dad, what's a billion divided by nine times a billion? I said, baby, I don't know. She started talking to Siri, and Siri spit it out just like that. I have no shame in saying in life there's some things I just don't know. But I can tell you the Holy Ghost knows more than Syria. Right. And the Holy Ghost knows things that even I don't know. Right. Listen, there's, there's been times on this Christian walk, I'm not speaking to you super, super spiritual, but there's been times on the spiritual journey, I'm on my way going home. And the Holy Ghost deals with my heart. Don't take this road. Right. Right. Drive around. That way's two miles longer. Drive this way. He won't leave me alone. What happens? He knows something that I don't know. He knows something I don't know. There's, there's been times he's dealt with me. Go to the hospital and pray for an individual. I didn't even know they were in the hospital. But get there and sure enough, there they are. You see, the Holy Ghost knows even when we don't. Holy Ghost, if we'll listen to him. Amen. I he has a plan. He has a purpose. And he knows what he's doing. If we will but trust him. If we will but trust him. Amen. I he knows the path that we take. Kirsten, if you'll come to help me, I'm done. Lastly, if we can take comfort in our comforter, knowing this, that he is not only leading us to the feet of Jesus but he's leading us to a place called heaven if you were to ask me the directions on how do I get to heaven that is physically one thing brother Daniel that I'm not afraid to say I don't know I don't know I don't know where heaven is There are many different theories out there on where heaven is. I just say, God bless you. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I've never been to heaven. I I don't know the exact directions like I do on how to get to McDonald's or how to get to Walmart. I can get you there because I've been there. Physically, I haven't been. I haven't seen the streets of gold. I haven't seen the walls of Jasper and the gates of pearl. But the Holy Ghost has. The Holy Ghost has. And He's not only leading us and guiding us into truth down here, but He's leading and guiding us to a place called home. And while physically I may not know all the minute directions on how to wind up in heaven, like I can give you physical directions to my address, the Holy Ghost knows every nook. He knows every cranny. He knows every turn to take. He knows what hill we need to go up. He knows what things we need to detour and go around. He's going to lead us to a street called Straight. <laughs> He's going to lead us to the highway of holiness. And that highway of holiness is going to lead us home. Hallelujah. He's leading us. We can submit to him, or we can reject him. We can submit to him, and we can allow him to lead us, or we can think we know what's best, and just do our own thing. But when we're left, we don't make it in the city. It will not be the Holy Ghost's fault. But if we will submit, And if we will follow Him, He will lead us all the way. And He'll lead us all the way home. I'm preaching to you about our Comforter tonight. You can take comfort in knowing who He is and knowing what He can do and ultimately know where He's taking us. You listen to politicians around this world, they're leading us to nowhere fast. All it is is just rotating around the drain and the bottom's about to fall out. That's not how the Holy Ghost is leading this church. And He's leading us all the way, amen, to a better place. He's leading us all the way to the feet of Jesus. Not just right now tonight, but throughout all of eternity. Amen, I wonder if we could find us a place to pray. I know we be simple preaching tonight. Amen, but let's make sure that our comforter has proper place in our heart. And let's make sure that the comforter is doing what he come to do, reproving, guiding us, glorifying Christ, showing us what is to come. Hallelujah. Leading us in the paths of righteousness. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah.